Welcome along to episode 739 of The Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we'll be finding out about two movies. One which is released this week, that will be Hometown Boys. And another which is currently doing the festival circuit, Your Guardian. Also, we'll be having a chat with the inimitable, the amazing, the wonderful Nikki Cole Evans, all about Blood Brothers, which is at the Litchfield Garrick in a week or so's time. And on top of that, Nadia Hussain is joining us for a bit of a chat all about the culinary delights and how few meals that we seem to prepare. We maybe have about 10 that are our go-to dishes. She'll be trying to change that up for us. And also we'll be hearing about a show which is at the Edinburgh Fringe. That's all on the way on the show this week. Welcome to the Milk Bar. 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 Uh, welcome to the milk bar. Uh. Litchfield Garrick has the epiphany of all amazing theatre shows. It is Blood Brothers. It is on from Tuesday the 5th through the Saturday the 9th of September. And we have an amazing local star heading up the cast to tell us more about what she's up to. I'm joined now by Nikki Cole Evans. Hello. Hello, Lord. How are you? I'm all right, and it's good to see you again, and good to know you're back in that area doing your thing. I am. I'm definitely doing it with all my family coming. Gosh, that's going to be a treat. <laughs> that was, it was their second outing recently, because they've been able to see you in, in the area in the past, and mm. what, 12 months or so. But it, it's good to have you back, and good to see you doing a, a role which I think you were made for. I do love doing it. I'm not going to lie. She's a great pass. You know, I just have to change my accent, really, because we're very similar, me and Mrs. Johnston. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is a good show. It's one of those shows that, although it will have you crying, it'll have you laughing, and it'll have you amazed by the vocals, including and especially yours, but it's it's one of those that just really moves people, doesn't it? It does, and I think when a mother plays the role, you can tell. You know, that's what I get. I get a lot of, God, you're real. You know, we can feel everything you're doing when you're singing, when you're crying, we're crying with you. And when you're laughing, we think it's funny. And I think it's because my two, um, my two kids are in there, you know, nearly 30 now. So I've kind of been through everything apart from obviously the end um, with my own kids. Mm -hmm. So it's, and because this tour, you know, once you're in the Blood Brothers family, you are a family. So we're a big family, so we do feel for each other. Do you know what I mean? So when you're playing it, as you're going through it, you all have a laugh together, you all have a cry together, and, you know, things happen in everybody, everybody's lives mm -hmm. every day. So you deal with that as well, because I am their mum <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a daily basis. Well, particularly for Sean at the moment. Oh, bless him. Yeah, my little son. <laughs> my little Sean. Um, he... he He'll kill me for telling this, but he made me laugh last night because he had a plaster on his chin. He cut his chin shaving. <laughs> <laughs> so that made me laugh. Yeah, he's uh, he's an amazing, you know, he's legendary. So to do it with Sean is great. And then, you know, we've just got a new Mrs. Lyons, which is Sarah Jane Buckley. Again, once you get somebody new in the cast, which puts their take on things, it changes the show. Mm -hmm. And it always changes for the better because it refreshes everything. We've got a... a we got a, a blonde narrator, my very first blonde narrator, Danny, and he's just adorable, but he's an excellent narrator and his voice is incredible. Uh, but as I say, it is an incredible show. Uh, I mean, it's been touring for longer than any of us care to remember, I think. And uh, But it, yeah. it, it just 
brings to life a tale. And with the, your Mrs. Johnson, and the, I mean, there, there are other Mrs. Johnsons. There is, it is a thing. But it's, it's almost like mm-hmm. it's a series of you, and you share the role. And it, whomever we get of you, you bring your own thing to it. But we, we recognise the character when we see it. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, all us Mrs. Johnsons. It's really weird because people in the in the media pit us against each other, go, oh, you know, Maureen did this or, you know, and Lynn did that or... But the thing is, what the actual background of it is, is we're all mates. We've all got each other on the phone. And, you know, um, Maureen and Lynn have gone into Calendar Girls. Um, you know, so we're all really, really good friends. And, you know, in, in everyday walk of life, Lynn and I are feisty. Obviously, <laughs> Mrs. Johnston's, you know, and Maureen's just the most beautiful Mrs. Johnston because we all parent differently. So obviously, we're going to play the character differently. But yeah, the coats. As soon as you put one of them coats on that we've all wore, not one, not just one of us, they we've all wore these coats, and it's lovely. It's a lovely um, company to be in. Now, you've got to take this run, and it's going to be literally, you already mentioned the whole family are coming again to see you. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they must love it every time as well, because it's like just, just seeing you shine in this role must be phenomenal. Do you know what? My son, my youngest son, because when I get down to Bristol, my oldest son, because he's moved away from mum. Um, oh. um, but my youngest son lives in Litchfield, my Joe, and he's coming Friday, and I'm hoping he stays to watch the end, because both of my boys always get up at the end. They've never seen me do the last bit because they know I'm absolutely crying my eyes out and they can't see me hurt like that. <laughs> you have to go through this every night of the week when you're in a run. Yeah. And I twice do, on matinee yeah. day. Well, this is this is what the lovely thing, you know, getting to know all the theatres and the front of house people. Because um, they, see, they see me do it every day. And they go, how do you do that every day, every single show? And I just go, I think of my bank balance and I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> No, because you have to run the gauntlet. And I think, you know, people that play Mrs. J has, have to run that gauntlet whilst they're not giving what Willie Russell wrote and what Bill expects of me. Um, and I want them to leave the theatre uh, feeling like I did when I first saw it, when I saw Lim Paul do it. And I was absolutely a fan. I was totally mesmerised. I was absolutely devastated. All of these things. And I want them to leave the theatre with the feeling that I have. Well, you do that so well. And I uh, say so every time I've seen it, whether it's been yourself or Lynn, you're, you're my two Mrs. Johnsons. Uh, and I've seen. <laughs> well, is that because we're feisty? <laughs> oh, it's great fun. And you find, yeah, it's, it's absolutely love it. But yeah. I mean, it will be amazing. We know that. And uh, I mean, anything else that we need to look out for on this tour? Any of the other names who are new that you that, that uh, we want to see how they're playing the role, the roles? Um, we've got we've got um, Joe Joe Sly. He's he's a new kind of Eddie that's come back again. Um, oh, we've got Tori, um, Tori Hargreaves. She's new. Oh, but the one I really need to mention is our lovely Gemma, Gemma Broderick. Um, oh. She's always always wanted to play Linda, and. She is phenomenal. Yeah, she's moved into that from another role in the show, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Well, she was like um, the understudy Mrs. L. And she's the only one that's ever trans uh, transferred like that. Mm-hmm. So she's gone and she's got, she's playing the role of Linda, but she just is incredible. I don't think I've ever seen Linda play like the way she does it. And she's so sweet. She's <laughs> such a lovely girl. Um, but yeah, she's absolutely incredible at the role. But you, you're going to miss it when you take your break for Panto this year, aren't you? I don't know, because I get to be evil, even more evil. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it works out. Uh, we will, 
<laughs> we'll talk about that at another time. <laughs> Meanwhile, the important thing is now to plug Blood Brothers. It is Tuesday the 5th through to Saturday the 9th of September. And that's uh, a 2.30 matinee on the Wednesday, Thursday and Saturday and 7.30pm each night. It's in the main auditorium at the Litchfield Garrick, litchfieldgarrick.com to get your tickets mm-hmm. or 01543 412121, their box office number. But get in there. Get your tickets and prepare to be moved uh, for, through joy and every other emotion because that this show brings you exactly that. Nikki Cole Evans, always a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. Look forward oh, to seeing you to in see real you, life Peter. soon. Yeah, and you take care. Now, culinary superhero Nadia Hussain, uh, who looks after us when it comes to some brilliant TV cookery, has been working with Schwartz to make sure that we don't have boring dinner times. It seems we only have a handful of dishes as our go-to when it comes to our evening meal, but what should we be eating with a bit more flavour instead? Nadia, hello to you. Hi. How How are you? I'm good. You all right? Good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. 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 Now, Here to solve all problems. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, one of the issues is when it comes down to having dinner, we can get bored, and there's only so many shepherd's pies and chili con carnes that we can do if it's our if it's our thing. Uh, we've already seen you on Bake Off doing some amazing stuff, which led you to be winner on that show, and your TV shows that have followed have had some great ideas on them too. So, what would you suggest when it comes down to uh, spicing up our dinner times? Well, you, you say that, you mentioned a couple of dishes there, but the research shows that average, on average, Brits have a maximum of 10 different dishes that they circulate. And they're things like spaghetti bolognese and um, roast dinners and curries, um, which great, but that's got to get boring. Like that's <laughs> when you're constantly, when you're, and I understand why people do it. Like they want to take the thinking out of cooking. They kind of just want to do what they they know. Um, and I think that's what's made meal times mundane. I think it's made them a little bit boring. And I and, and I'm and then for me, meal times are some of the best parts of the day, uh, especially dinner time. And I think it's so important to kind of bring that back. Uh, and that's why like working with Schwartz has been absolutely incredible because this started two years ago. Um, and 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 kind of we did all this amazing research to kind of find out what people's problems are, because the whole point of finding out the problem was to be able to find the solution as well. And I uh, partnered with them to create these beautiful kits, mixes and seasonings for all skill levels. So for someone who is really, really not very good in the kitchen and wants to kind of just not think and just wants to make a meal that sits in the middle of the table, there are these amazing kits that have all the seasonings, all the instructions, really simple, you know exactly what to buy. And you just go off and you're sort of less than an hour later, you'll have dinner on the table. Um, And then you've got mixes for people who are slightly more confident and, uh, and then, then seasonings for people who are really confident, know what they're doing, with the, the the flavors that we're looking at here, though, it's it, it's something it brings people uh, together and avoids the you know, them being scared of sauces or traumatized by turmeric, all of these things which can cause you a, a problem when it comes to it. And knowing what goes together well, and whatever your base protein is, whether you're going for meat or something which is a meat-free diet, actually these flavors will all still work. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this is what it's, I mean, I, and this is, I think one of the reasons why people really struggle to cook a home cooked dinner is because of a few barriers they've got. They're either tired, um, they are struggling to think of new recipes and it's time. And, and I suppose when creating these kits and creating these seasonings, that's what I had in mind. It's actually like taking some of that thinking away. If I take that thinking away and take away that um, that time gone into thinking about what to cook and how to make it different or how to make it uh, a little bit, uh, you know, really flavorful. Like I've taken that away and said, here you go, this is what I've created and you're going to love it. Like that is like, that's essentially that. Okay. So what is your favorite from this range? I know you love them all, but what, what would you say is a standout? Um, there, I mean, I, it's, it's really, that's a tough one to answer, especially because, I've been doing this for two years now, <laughs> um, and 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 like I, there were so many that we had to get rid of, and then like we had to kind of whittle it all down. For me, it would have to be probably the tangy tacos because I think people love street food, uh, and it's something that you can put in the middle of the table, put together. It's delicious because it's got a little bit, it's got a hint of orange in it. So um, the tacos have got that kind of tangy fragrance as well as flavor. So I think people are going to love the tangy tacos. Um, and from the mixes, I think people will like the smoky meatball because we've got some smoked paprika in there. So it's really delicious and smoky. Um, and then for the seasonings, the mango, lime and coriander is my favorite because it's got actual dried mango in there. So it's got that really intense kind of mango fragrance. So if yeah. you like mango, you'll love that. So they're my three favourites. But it's, it's, it's about bringing the, the aromas as well as the actual taste. And, and the two things work together because we do pick things up differently, don't we? And it's it's by bringing you know, that sort of thing to the flavours that you're creating that really makes the meals more special. Totally, absolutely. And I was... Um, for me, I think it was really like it was such a wonderful partnership because Schwartz, they're the experts. And I am, um, you know, like I've been doing this for 10 years and I've and I, I know my flavors and, and the, the, the way we just kind of worked and put it together. It's just like we just know people are going to love it. We just know that people are going to love each of them in very different ways. But they do. It's it's all about um, adding flavor, adding texture. You know, we have to think about kind of how we add texture to certain things. So things like having um, garlic granules in there for texture, and onion granules, things like that. Like it was so much fun. Like put me in a lab coat and, and get me in there with some seasonings. And I'm a very happy girl. And I should think you've had a very happy family who've been on the receiving end of the testing. Oh, my goodness. So no matter what I do, my kids absolutely love uh, being guinea pigs, especially. I mean, for anything else, no. But like, when it comes to testing out flavors and trying to work stuff out, because sometimes I'll put something in front of them and be like, can you work out what's in there? And <laughs> and, and they love that. It's like a it, it, it's like a game. It's, it's really good fun. And they love it. They love it. So they're not complaining. I'm not complaining. And um, they have seen. Uh, these kits and these seasonings, the mixes grow over the last two years. Um, so when they actually saw them in the flesh, they were like, oh my goodness, it's actually finished. It's like, it's actually finished. And and they're still not fed up. So that's a good sign. That's absolutely brilliant. And because with the whole Schwartz range, whether you're looking at these kits or whether you just, you have a stock cupboard full of Schwartz spices and herbs, it, it, it is about the, the, the quality and the flavor and knowing you've got consistency there too. Absolutely. It, it, it's a it's a trusted brand. It's a brand that people know and recognize instantly. Um, and that's why like, I'm really lucky and I get so many options to work with so many people. And I was very lucky uh, that when 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 this opportunity came up, I thought absolutely, because this is a brand I trust. 
Uh, I know that I'm going to get the best quality and I know I'm going to get the same thing over and over again. And there's consistency. And so for me, it was like a no brainer. Um, and so, yeah, like it's uh, honestly literally one of the best things I've done. <laughs> and it's because it extends those 10 dishes that people have in their repertoire up to, you know, 20, 30, they'll have different ways of working this and there'll be mix and matching as well. And I think that's always the fun, exciting part. It's doing your own experimentation when you've got yeah. something that you know how to work with. Absolutely. I totally understand the the doing something that you know and, and know the comfort of, of that. That's fantastic. But like there are so many, I think people are becoming so much more adventurous in the kitchen and they want to try new things. And I think the barrier is time and the effort that goes into thinking about it and I suppose I'm the middleman here and I kind of decided that actually I'll take the thinking out for you and you have these amazing kits that you can go away and cook these amazing dinners and I think by being the middleman and taking away the thinking I think it hopefully I really really hope that it will allow households to 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 kind of really kind of revitalize their dinner time and 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 gain some confidence in the kitchen that's what it's all about. Well, it's a great way of getting more interesting tastes on our taste buds. How do we get hold of the kits? Um, the kits are out um, in all Asda stores on the 24th of August, I believe. Um, and then I think all other stores in October. So it will be, I'm very, very excited. <laughs> And uh, of course, uh, we'll be looking out for those, looking at trying new things. And of course, we'll be following you on your socials as well, because no doubt you'll be cooking up some of these as part of your uh, family's feeds over the next few months. I absolutely will. Where do we find you? Um, I'm Nadia J. Hussein. I'm on Instagram, so uh, I'm there. And also, I forgot to mention that you can actually get the kits on the Shorts website too. So look out for the Schwartz website, pop into Asda from the 24th of August and also all the other stores from October. You will see them everywhere and you will see that they have been approved by Nadia Hussain, which for me is a good confidence builder because we love what you do. Nadia, always good to see you on TV. Lovely to speak to you. Thank you for joining us and keep up the good work with you and Schwartz. Thank you so much. With a new short action movie released on the 21st of August, it's going to be a bit of fun for Jamie Souter, director. He joins me now to tell me exactly what he's been up to and how this film came together. Hello, sir. Hello, hello, hello. How it all came together, I don't know. It just <laughs> happened. I woke up one day and there it was. <laughs> The film industry isn't quite like that. The level of work that goes into everything, when it's probably more so in some ways on making a short than something which is a full feature because you've got so much story to tell in such a short space of time. That's the hardest thing. I mean, the original draft had 16 or 17 pages. There were things we had to cut. It was insane. I wish I didn't have to because there were some cool scenes, some cool like dreamy sequences. Very David Lynch, if you had to say so. Uh, yeah, but it, we're, we're happy with what we have. Which is good. Now, Hometown Boys, as I say, is out there. And it's a, a chance for people to see a, a little glimpse into a, a world they may not know. The gritty streets of Scranton, PA. Uh, a rest of spirit for the big dream. This is what I'm reading on the blurb. Tell us how much of this is true. Oh, my God. Well, first off, I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Born and raised for, uh, I lived there for 26 years. And I, and I got the hell out. Uh, but I miss it. I love I love Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, how much of it's true? You know what? I, I did when I was writing this. I was researching like weird heists that uh, that did go wrong. So the one was like it was a porn store heist and someone robbed it with a with a uh, a toy. Let's just say that a toy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that'd be funny if we just did something like that inside of a porn store. 
and then we did so it's kind of loosely based on like a new story that i saw but mostly it's just a big homage to tarantino guy ritchie all of those great john mctiernan who did die hard all of those really cool directors um of movies who you know your father would force you to watch on like a sunday afternoon when it's all rainy and shitty outside something cool like that <laughs> but when it comes down to the character wolf uh who is this restless spirit uh, how much of you is in there oh man uh i would say a good 60 uh 61.2 percent probably mm-hmm. uh, if you want to be get exact yeah i i you know it's like anyone who lives in a small town and uh wants to do something where that that town really doesn't offer that sort of thing filmmaking your character though yearns to escape as you have escaped uh but not uh, necessarily to escape to start a film uh writing and directing career not necessarily but who knows what he what he does in in <laughs> in florida who knows um yeah i mean his character he just wants to go uh, his his whole backstory he wants to open up a bar in in florida he wants to do something fun like that and just have something very carefree and, and exciting and something new for him where he can possibly mess up. And he probably will, let's be honest. Um, and for me, it was just, I just wanted to become a filmmaker. So I made a couple of things in Scranton, but eventually through a quarter life uh, crisis, I, I, I moved here. I quit my job in Scranton, Pennsylvania at WNEP, the new station. And I moved here and uh, it's been, it's been a rocky road to get my start, but it's, I would, wouldn't trade it for the world. But with you know, putting a short together like this, are you as much trying to sell yourself as sell the film, or is it something that is just going to joyously go hand in hand? I think they go hand in hand. I think any film, um, especially from something like this, you have to sell both the filmmaker, the man, the man or woman behind it, and then also the 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 film itself. It's they definitely do go hand in hand. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a weird marriage, uh, <laughs> I, I I would think. And I, with your uh, comedic values, uh, I think you, you you're giving your characters as the sort of personality you would you would want for them as well. I think it's it's not a case of just piling a load of pain. It's giving them the the ability to get through that without uh, drawing on too much of uh, a, a crazy world which doesn't seem feasible. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. I mean, most of these characters were based on friends I had growing up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, um, from from a childhood. Um, the uh the guy who plays uh or Panther, the his character, based off one of my best friends when I was in like fifth grade. He's just a no-nonsense, kind of just cursing up a storm kind of guy. Uh Wolf is definitely loosely based off my my angst and 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 wanting to to get the hell out. And then Frog, poor Frog, he's the pry of the group. He, you know, if 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 Panther says um, go streak through them all, he will because he doesn't want to be that guy. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Mouse is just, you know, she's just along for the ride. I think I think I think Mouse is Mouse and Wolf are the two people who are most capable of uh, escaping their hometown too, which is which is fun. And in the feature with that I wrote, it's way more elaborated on. But as I say, it's the the magic of telling a story quickly that uh, it gives the, the the same story a, a different meaning in some ways. Exactly, it's it's I mean, completely uh, delves into Scranton, PA lifestyle, what it's like to live in a small town like that, where it's just you know Scranton's in between Philly, New York, and and 
Washington. It's just, it's all there. It's just, it's like the perfect funnel and, and, and very just interesting place. So yeah, they, they all want to get the hell out. And I love that I, I, because I think deep down inside, we all want change. So why not express that through a failed heist in a porn store with a game? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all this alongside some of the most colorful language on film today. You know what? We drop a few F-bombs here and there, but God, don't we all? <laughs> Not everybody. Uh, but I think your characters would be lost without these words, though, I think, wouldn't they? They need some way because it, it doesn't necessarily define them, but it it does give them the, uh, the, the, the the way of using language, which, again, is tr- it's true to themselves. I think that that's that, that's where it is, isn't it? When I wrote the dialogue, I'm like, okay, this is dialogue that would you would hear in a uh, Scranton, PA bar at like 1 a.m. Just two buddies talking to each other. F this, f that, and it's just I don't know. For me, it, it's 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 very homey. It's an homage and very nostalgic to uh, to my hometown and hanging out with those those friends. Oh <laughs> God. And with the, the the group of friends and the and the way in which they interact and the the fact that it's about them and their the, the sort of person they are together compared to the people they are apart, you you've got really the uh, something where everyone can identify with each of them at some point in their tale. They're all group. I mean these these characters have been friends forever. They're the friends who don't have any other friends because no one likes them because they're just, they're, they're so into themselves and they're doing their own thing and their way, their standard of living is the, the highest point of, of, of living and uh, and how, how they act and how they represent themselves in, in that town. So yeah, of course they don't, they're just, maybe they talk, they probably talk to their parents, of course, but I don't know, they probably hate everybody else. <laughs> so, for these characters, you see a future. Oh my God, so much! I I want and and we are going to. I don't know how, but we're going to raise the money for um the feature version of Palm Town Boys, and we're going to try to make a million. Try to try. I'm sorry. Try to do it for a mil. Uh, hopefully, we make a little bit more than that. And yeah, it's it's I I shooting this short film was like hanging out with those guys again. Mm-hmm. It was like I was recapturing the essence of being a child in Scranton. I'm just a fly in the wall and I'm <laughs> watching these these guys I grew up with and I got to see them again. That was kind of fun. So but, yeah, to do a feature length version of that, that's beautiful. And, and a cameo? Oh yeah. <laughs> you noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, keep them out. I just I told uh, uh Ben Votor, our um our production designer, I'm like, I want a cameo just somewhere in there and he's like i got it and he put me on a wanted like keep out sort of photo on there and it's like right there in the in frame i'm like yeah screw it let's embrace it you have to get the beard in there though yeah you know what i i it's weird i shave it after but i i you know i can't my my face is weird without a beard i look like a small pubescent boy Uh, we'll see what happens to that young boy's dreams as uh, we have the potential of this amazing movie the 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 whole short uh, available from the twenty first. How do people get their hands on this to watch, enjoy, stream, and uh, mentally bleep out the naughty words? Oh man, well it's it's on Vimeo. Um, you'll find it also. Um, I have a link to it on my Instagram. 
It's at drummer film guy, which is I'm a drummer and I need a film and I'm a guy. Uh, you'd be able to find it there. And I hope when people watch it, they just they're able to let everything else just sort of melt away, you know, all their wants and worries and just be entertained and feel, have a feeling of nostalgia because that's what it is. It's a big love letter to 90s heist movies from back in the day. That's it. Simple as. Make sure you see it. It is Hometown Boys. Look out then for the bigger expanded version but still with as much love and craft that has gone into this one and i think there could well be a sequel too the Ooh, yeah that, that's going to be an interesting one to see how you work that however jamie Suter, writer and director of hometown boys thank you for joining us uh thank you jason that was this is great thanks We have a group of locals heading up to Edinburgh. They are BBP Productions. I'm joined now by three of their number, and I shall let them introduce themselves. Hello to you all. Hi. Yeah, I'm Lucy Way, and I'm one of the co-writers. Hi, I'm Fiona, and I'm one of the co-writers and co-directors. I'm Izzy Rathband, and I'm one of the actors playing Pauline. Yeah, this is a show called In Memoriam, a dead serious comedy. So th this is all happening uh, in Edinburgh from the 21st through to the 26th of August. And uh, um, Fiona, if I may start with you, because we're, we're used to seeing you on stage around and about, but uh, we've, we've seen you as part of Top Hat taking a star in role. So uh, you're no stranger to treading the boards. Uh, no, uh, my brother took a show up to Edinburgh Fringe a couple of years ago. I'm following in his footsteps, sort of. And uh, Lily and Hat who have founded this production company with me out of university, we decided what better to start our professional debut than a show in Edinburgh. And we came up with the idea for the show with Lucy um, on a bus journey in Edinburgh last year when we went up, which was really exciting. And it's sort of grown from there over the past year. Yeah, because I mean, Edinburgh is an amazing place to visit. I've never been during the Fringe Festival, but uh, I, I love the the whole area. I mean, student culture is absolutely brilliant as well. And it's just one of those creative places, which, which I can see why it might inspire you. But this is somewhat different to the starring role in Top Hat that you took at the Grand. Yes, I'm very much behind taking a back seat behind the scenes, <laughs> uh, writing it with Lucy, directing it with Lily. And we've all sort of taken a hand in producing the show to get it on its feet and, yeah, make it to Edinburgh all the way up in Scotland. <laughs> so if anybody is heading that way, because we do have people making that pilgrimage, uh, they can come along and see you. Tell us a, a bit about it to start off, because we know it's a dead serious comedy. So how did the bus journey inspire? Uh, well, we went last year um, with a play called The Last Words, and we were just on a bus on the way home to our accommodation, and we were thinking about wanting to do another play together and we were thinking of doing comedy and then we were just trying to think of somewhere where people could be all in one place and not really be able to leave or go and we kind of came up with this idea of a wake was where it originally started from mm -hmm. and then from that we kind of developed it to what it is now which is set in the hours before the funeral um but yeah it just sort of sparked out of this random bus journey it's really interesting to see how <laughs> together it's kind of become this completely different thing that it started as bringing yeah yeah and what's it like acting in this one then um it's really good fun it's a really nice like group of people like with the cast and the creatives um and yeah that's just so funny it's been really fun in rehearsals like making sure we don't laugh at our own jokes because that's <laughs> quite easy to do so um yeah just like having fun with each other and and you know really enjoying the really great writing that um these guys have written so how does it come together finding a venue for this sort of thing as well because that's a challenge in itself let alone putting a show together 
Yeah, it was a difficult one because we were, we were unsure whether we were going to get money or whether we weren't going to get money. It was all, it, these things are very expensive. But be, last minute, someone happened to drop out and we managed to get their venue for the last week of the Fringe, which was really, really exciting. I remember the phone call coming through and practically screaming when I got off the phone because I couldn't believe we'd actually <laughs> managed to find somewhere to house us. So yeah, it was a really, really exciting thing. And the um, theatre we're doing it in is a little tiny venue but it's very nice and it's perfectly fo- small but perfectly formed is what I'm going to name it as Yeah but Owen you guys will be up there and you'll be flying like mad as well as actually you know, running the show and, and acting uh, so it, it's not an easy time but it is great experience. Yeah the flying I mean is it's one of the best parts I think and like it's just so crazy because in for us like we're in a midday sort of show so the mornings we just are flyering like absolute mad and you just come into so many different people be that passers-by or other shows but it's just a really nice place to like be able to see so many like people talking about their shows and being so passionate about yeah. it and there's some amazing performers that even do their shows or parts of their shows on the mile themselves like yeah. Fiona was part of one last year there's a little guy who's trying to get her yeah. out <laughs> it was just, yeah. it's so much fun the mile was just incredible yeah well bbp is the production company we're looking for on facebook you can be found on there uh, how else do we find you on the socials and uh, how do we find the gig it's the same name on both twitter and instagram and if you go to the ed fringe website type in in memoriam we're there yeah from the 21st to the 26th tickets are eight pounds six pounds if you're a student or a senior citizen so that's a great discount that's going on mm-hmm. and yeah if you're edinburgh come and search us out that'd be amazing and yeah, see a show and it's great to see some some midland support heading up there in particular in your case fiona to uh, to come and see you and, and cheer you on in this uh, admittedly behind the scenes but a vitally important part of your your your, your professional career that would be lovely. Yes, anyone from Wolverhampton and my co-director from Coventry. So not that far out of the Midlands. So yeah, two Midlands girls heading up there as well. <laughs> uh, it's going to be good fun. Have a great time to be part of it. Break a leg. And uh, we look forward to uh, hearing tales of what happened and how it got picked up for TV uh, during this short Edinburgh run. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me and see you soon. Try for now. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Your Guardian has its own Serbian name, uh, which is all part of the history of the film. Mimi Vlavic joins us now to tell us more about what's going on. Hello. Hi. Now, first of all, tell us your background and how Your Guardian came to be. Well, I uh, wanted to make films since early childhood when I was obsessed with my VHS piratized cassettes. (laughs) And uh, and I didn't even know what that means, but I just kept watching films and repeats and knew that it's the world I want to join. And the first um, way of me expressing my my talent uh, was through my books. So I've written three books for young adults as a young adult. And then my first um, film, in a way, my first video that I directed was a trailer for my book. And that's how it's all really started then I worked in Belgrade and then I moved to London in 2018 um, to pursue my master's in filmmaking uh, and Your Guardian is my graduation master film. 
And and this in itself means that you've uh, really had to hone this not only for your own uh, enjoyment, but also for the, the uh, part of the of the course as well. Uh, and that means you 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 probably had a number of different influences that you wouldn't necessarily have if you were making a film just for yourself. Um, yes and yes and no. I, it was I think my biggest. Um, obstacle in that in that process was the time that um, I had to finish my course right and mm -hmm. so the scripts I've finished I've written was almost 50 pages long and it could have been feature material but because of the time we couldn't um, we really didn't have time to gather all the funds and and shoot it and edit it in time for me to graduate so it was yeah, the idea was to do a proof of concept short, which is your guardian. So proof of concept, though, means we could see more and uh, there could be a development of this one. But I mean, you're in Yugoslavia in 1992. You've got Mina, who's just graduated and believes she's met all of her father's expectations. However, this is not only a turbulent time for Mina, but also for Yugoslavia itself. Uh, you've got the, uh, the Slovenian War of Independence uh, sort of uh, just happened. Uh, then things start to change in Croatia as we head through the early part of the 90s. Then Bosnia from a little bit later on in the year in question here so there's an awful lot sort of developing as a countrywide picture which is going to have an impact on on her life her family and the way in which they're interacting too yeah 100 percent. and i think it was it's quite fresh to see a female perspective in this time it's usually about the men and the, the boys that were sent to war and the, like it's it, i think that it's quite interesting seeing the other um <laughs> the other sex and how they how they coped with this and also what i was dealing with is um how her um very educated and um, like sophisticated family was still kind of brainwashed with this government and with with the political um political surroundings at the time so they couldn't support her her decision to find her independence in these crazy times. And uh, times that uh, uh, still have an, an effect to this day as well. And uh, even, even now, uh, and with the, uh, the, the, the rich history and the, the wonderful architecture, a lot of which was lost during uh, uh, the, the, the troubles and conflict, you know, this is uh, a story which then will go on and have a future probably. Um, you mean the film? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully. But now, uh, at least politically, the climate is much calmer and I would encourage everyone to come to Serbia and Belgrade where I'm from. It's lovely. <laughs> But uh, a, a great place to tell a story as well, and I, I think that in itself it, it almost acts as a, as a as a travel guide at the same time as you know, sharing the the the, uh, the 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 troubles caused by uh, the the boyfriend wanted to head off to London. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was really interesting doing a period piece um, in my hometown because the nineties are our period and. Um, uh, yeah, choosing all the locations. Um, it hasn't changed as much as London did, I, I would say, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but so there are still some like hidden corners that were um, quite similar to 20 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago. Uh, but 
Yeah, we, we mostly based it in the interiors and had a lot of fun creating this, recreating this Yugoslav apartment. Yeah, because I mean, the story itself is going to be tell, told without in the, the main part, mobile phones. They were only just starting to become prevalent at that point. And there certainly wasn't the sort of communication that we have now. So if somebody's moving halfway across Europe, they're actually going to be very difficult to talk to. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Although during the sanctions, I think I believe there, there was a big inflation. And actually, because I know my dad did move. Uh, this is all based on my family. So he moved and my mother stayed in real life and they could talk for hours and the bills would kind of eat themselves um, by the time they come to the to the address. So mm -hmm. it was actually funny. <laughs> Inflation was it was a friend back in those times. <laughs> for a for a long time, long distance relationship, yes. <laughs> So obviously you've you've told this story as a short. Uh, this is something which people can now see. Where can they find it? Uh, yes, absolutely. If you are um, lucky enough to travel to Bay City, Michigan or Belgrade in September, you can see it there on festivals because my film is still on its festival circuit. Mm -hmm. But it will be available online quite soon because it's um, the end of our festival life this year. And you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook for um, more updates about that. And give us the title in uh, Serbian, please. I will. It's Čuvamte. And that means your guardian, effectively. Probably, maybe not quite the same words, but the same spirit. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't actually. I, I poetically translated it because it, um, it would be directly translated. It would be protecting you. Mm -hmm. Well, something to, to look out for. The trail is available online. If you search for your guardian, we'll be able to pick that up. Are you on the socials as well? I am. I'm Mimi Vlaovic, as, as we know, and that's spelled V-L-A-O-V-I-C. Um, so, yeah, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Letterboxd and IMDb. <laughs> so find me anywhere. You are everywhere. Well, continued success with the film. I'm looking forward to hearing of fest festival success and awards that uh, come from all of this. And also for the fact that we will soon be able to, uh, to share it. Do let us know when it's available and where it's available on streaming services. And we'll give that a mention too. Off an hour, Mimi Vlaovic, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for this conversation. That's it all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Back with episode 740 next week. I'll see you then. Ciao for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.